Yes, we are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It's called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toladano. John Wall doesn't need no introduction. It's an insider's look at the NBA and culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick of the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Kalshi. Maybe you thought uh, on the future of TikTok. Will Congress ban it? Or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album win album of the year? Will Biden's approval rating go up? Will it go down? Or inflation? You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. You're smart. You know things. Bet on it. $20 bonus if you go to Kalshi.com slash stereo. Spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. Kalshi.com slash stereo. Get in the game. There is no guarantee of performance. An investor could lose their entire investment. Investment fees. iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at Kalshi.com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. All right, the I Am Rappaport Tour is going down Thursday, July 26th in Toronto, Canada. Saturday, August 4th in New York City. Saturday, August 18th in Houston, Texas. Wednesday, August 22nd in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania at Union Transfer. Saturday, August 25th. Boston, Massachusetts. Tickets are on sale now. I am RappaportTour.com. Me and G Moody, last name rhymes with duty. Special guests live. I am RappaportTour.com. What's up? This is Michael Rappaport. You are now listening to the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast on a brand new I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. Today, we are discussing why the do the Shiggy Dance is an Illuminati dance. It's heavy swamp ass season across the United States. We are doing some soft, some soft preseason fantasy football discussion and reps. Ty Lu and Luke Walton had coffee to discuss coaching LeBron James. What the fuck is going on? And we are breaking down last night's episode of The Bachelorette, which I am obsessed with, with former contestant 
Diggy Moreland, all that and more on a Smash Mouth brand new Iron Rappaport Stereo Podcast. Miles Jordan, let me get some heat. I know what I'm going to do after this podcast. After this podcast, I'm going to wind down with a nice glass of red wine, okay? After I burn the Golden Iron Rappaport Stereo Podcast mics, I like to unwind with a bottle of wine with my Wink Wine Club membership. This is the official wine club of the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast and our new long-term partner, I love my red. I love my rosé. I also get my cider from Wink. Visit Wink and take the 20 second. It takes 20 seconds to take an official palette profile quiz and get instant recommendations based on your taste. Wink is offering our audience members who are over 21, of course, and who live in the United States, a $22 credit plus complimentary shipping on your first order of four bottles of wine. That's what you get as a new member of the Wink Wine Club. The wine is delicious and it comes right to my door. So when I want it, it's there. Go to trywink.com forward slash dingle. That's trywink, T-R-Y-W-I-N-C.com forward slash dingle. Wine makes everything taste and feel better. Go to trywink.com forward slash dingle. All right, you are now rocking with the best. This is the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. I'm back in Los Angeles, and it is heavy-duty swamp-ass season. Sometimes in different states, different islands, they call it hurricane season. Sometimes it is blizzard season. Well, right now, in many places across the United States, it is officially swamp-ass season. The other day in Los Angeles, California, in certain parts of the valley, if you don't know L.A., the valley is like the valley. I don't know. It sounds like the valley, like, oh, you're in the valley of death. It's just a certain part they call the valley. I don't even know why they actually call it the valley. I know there's mountains around it, but it's not like a valley like you're walking through the treach. It's not like a desert. But it feels like a fucking desert, so maybe it is actually a valley. But it was 118 degrees about 30 minutes from where I live. It was 108 degrees exactly where I live. Last week when we were in Chicago for the Big Three, it was crazy. Apparently in Miami, it's ridiculous. The only reason why I'm paying attention to Miami is because I am heading there with the Big Three. In Houston, in Texas, it's supposed to be crazy, but it was 104 just yesterday here in Los Angeles, California. I've been doing a lot of flying. I was in Oakland. I'm on planes every single weekend. Knock on wood. I'm actually knocking on wood. Uh, For the big three, uh, this week, this Friday, July 13th, we are in Detroit. We are in the D, the 13th, 
If you're in Detroit and you rock with the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast, come out, come see me. I'm trying to do some reporting, some sideline reporting from the actual fans' point of view in the stands. And I'll go all the way up to the cheap seats, okay? Um, so if you listen to the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast, you're a fan of the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast, and you're in Detroit, the Detroit area, this Friday, the 13th, shit, July 13th, fucking Friday the 13th, just realized that. Detroit, Friday the 13th, I'm going to be there. Shit. Luckily, I'm flying to Detroit the day before. You don't want to be flying in swamp ass season on Friday the 13th. But the point is, if you're in Detroit on Friday the 13th, I will be there for the big three. Uh, Oakland, all the fans that came out, all the fans that uh, were screaming at me, yelling at me. I hope I got to see everybody that was there. I tried my best to do it. Motherfuckers screaming and heckling at me. I'm actually working. I am actually working. I know it looks like I'm having a ball, and I am having a ball, but I am actually working the sidelines of the big three. I'm thinking. I'm putting together my thoughts. I have questions on live TV, okay? It's not all fun and games with the gringo man dingo, okay? I am actually working. Um, But if you're in Detroit, come see me. Uh, The week after that, we're going to um, Miami, which is going to be dope. And so on and so forth. So uh, what else? I've gotten hit up a lot. A lot. I've gotten hit up a lot on whether or not the engagement. Justin Bieber, friend of the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. He's a nice guy. He's a nice fucking kid. I want to see him do good. I want to see him uh, continue to be successful and find his way. Okay? He had a very strange upbringing. Okay? To become that famous, that young, statistically, if you look at the the statistics, whether it's the Jackson 5, New Edition, these young child actors, it never works out good for these kids. And then when something bad happens, we're like, oh, oh, oh. I want to see him do good now before the oh, oh, oh. All right, I've met him, did a little video with him, fuck with him. I just saw him at Runyon Canyon. I talked about it a couple of weeks ago. Justin Bieber at Runyon Canyon where I do my hiking by himself. He had no goons with him. Didn't have any friends with him. He had nothing. Nothing. So uh, I uh, uh, I want to see him do good. But the question they've been asking, should he be considered a stick man? Is this the end of an era for one of our great young stickmans? Justin Bieber announces engagement to Hallie Baldwin, who is not Alec Baldwin's daughter. She's uh, Stephen Baldwin's daughter, I think. I know she's not Alan, Alec Baldwin's daughter. She's Stephen Baldwin's daughter. He's an actor. I think his best role was probably in, the fuck is the name of that movie with Benicio Del Toro and Kevin Spacey? God damn it, it's coming to me. Listen, say I am rap, poor stereo podcast. There's no fact checking here. Fuck, what is the name of that movie? Fuck, Alec Baldwin, Benicio Del Toro, Gabriel Byrne, Kaiser Sose. Fuck, I know a lot of people are home saying it, saying it, saying it. I'm going to move on to prove to you that there's no fact-checking during the I Am Rappaport Stereo podcast. If it comes to me, it comes to me. Damn it, 
can't remember the name of that movie. I spoofed it in the Jay-Z video that I was in. I was in a Jay-Z video. You Belong to the City. I believe it was his second album. It's the only Jay-Z song in the last 30 years that wasn't a huge hit. Fuck, what is the name of that movie? It's not The Untouchables. It's The Something or Others. Motherfucker. Well, it'll come to me or not. But Stephen Ball was in that movie that I can't remember the name of. Fuck, this is going to drive me fucking nuts. Anyway, that's not the point. The point is, the question that was raised is that was Justin Bieber, if he does actually marry Haley Baldwin, who I think is an actress and a model, a very beautiful young woman, uh, will that be end of an era? And I have to say yes. Yes. Uh, on the low and on the high, Justin Bieber has been knocking him down left, right, and center. Knocking him down left, right, and center. He's been an international stick man. Since the young age of 18, he's like the Kobe Bryant of Stickman. He came right out of high school and went to the fucking pros. Justin Bieber came right out of high school and went to the pro level of Stickman. And he's been doing it with eloquence, eloquence and class. As far as I know, I told you I like him. I've met him. I spent a little time with him. He's a good fucking kid. Just wants to be... Just wants to do his thing, and I just want to see him make it out of the craziness that is being a childhood mega superstar with all his faculties intact. You know, the two Corys, all these, they get all fucking whacked out. That, that kid on the Two and a Half Men, the little fucker on Two and a Half Men. Remember that show, Two and a Half Men with Charlie Sheen? That little fucker, remember when he started talking greasy about the show and this, that, they, they, they don't make it out. It's a very, very weird upbringing. Look at, look at Dean Collins, the young shooter, friend of the I Am Rapport Stereo podcast. Sometimes filling a uh, uh, co-host uh, when, when G. Moody can't be here. I'm doing it solo today. Dean Collins, young actor, fucking nuts. Fucking crazy. Logan Lerman, friend of the I Am Rapport Stereo podcast. I mean, these they're functioning, but they're out of their fucking trees, man. So the point is, is, I want to see Justin Bieber do well. And yes, it is the end of an era for a fantastic coxman. Listen, he's not Leonardo DiCaprio level. He had a short career, but he was banging two, three broads a night worldwide. Worldwide. And you'd be hard-pressed to have one of these women having something bad to say about the Biebs. So good luck with your marriage, Justin Bieber. If you're listening to this, listen to me. You're going to get a lot of hate. You're going to get hate. I might flip on you. You fuck you. I might flip on if you do some outrageous, crazy shit. Okay? But people are going to be jealous. They say you're a douche. They say you're untalented. Fuck them all. Fuck them all. You're getting married. That's what you want to do. You've tested the waters. That's what you think is best. Congratulations. It's fucking haters. Fuck them. Fuck them. Good luck. Marriage isn't easy for anybody, let alone someone as famous as you. They're going to be throwing that beautiful young snapper, over 18, of course. They're going to be throwing that young snapper at you until you're 60. 
You're gonna have to, and even then, the girls that grew up as your fans, now they are gonna be older too. You're gonna be a 60 year old piece of shit. And your fans that are 50, 51, 50, they're gonna be old pieces of shit too. No disrespect to anybody that age. I'm creeping on that number myself. So I'm, I'm including myself. But when you're 60, you're an old piece of shit. There's still going to be girls throwing themselves at you. There's still... Paul McCartney. They still... Like girls, women, grown fucking women that are in their 70s. My mom. My mom, if she saw Paul McCartney, she'd lose her fucking shit. I'm not saying she'd suck him off. I didn't say my mother was going to suck off Paul McCartney. I think she was a John Lennon guy. But what I'm... You get what I'm saying. That fandom, that love, it never goes anywhere. So good luck. Don't take no shit from nobody. If you get married, listen. It's not easy. It's not easy. Okay, take it from me. Okay? Take it from me. It ain't an easy fucking racket. Right? And sign a prenup. This Haley Baldwin, uh, uh, she's a model. She's nice, pretty. Sign a fucking prenup. Okay? Because to be honest, getting married so young, the odds are against you, beebs. And I'm wishing you all the fucking luck in the world. But to answer the question, yes, he was a fantastic coxman. Yes, he did his thing. And I wish him nothing but luck going forward. <sighs> so as I told you, I, uh, I, uh, I've been flying a lot. Okay, every weekend, flying, safe. First of all, I want to, uh, I want to, there's some haters out there that said that uh, I am milking this plain hero thing for everything it's worth. It's time for me to move on. I have moved on, okay? I have moved on, okay? It's not like I'm talking about the fact that I'm an international hero every fucking day. When it comes up, yes, I'll talk about it. People are still interested in the story, okay? Trust me, I could have fucking squeezed literally every ounce of hero juice out i get hit up all the fucking time since it happened come tell us the story come tell us your story will you share your story with us okay but let me ask you a question you hating motherfuckers you say that i'm milking this plane thing this hero thing i saved a fucking plane i saved a fucking plane what would you do if you saved a fucking plane Okay, have you ever known me, Michael Rappaport, the gringo man, dingo, the pusha T of podcasting, the Rodney Dangerfield of podcasting, the Jake LaMotta of podcasting, to be shy and coy about anything? If I have to take a shit on the 405 freeway, I'm going to milk that. I save a plane, of course I'm going to milk it. I'm giving myself a full year to milk it. When you get called, I didn't declare myself a hero. When you get called an international hero, okay? When you walk through the airport and security people, checkout people salute you, you see how you're going to react. Breaking my balls are, what I'm milking. I'm milking this shit. Not only am I milking it, I'm telling you I'm going to milk it. Fucking give me a hard time. But I was on a flight back from Oakland the other day. This is a true fucking story. And if you follow my Instagram and my Twitter, which you absolutely should, if you listen to this podcast, 
You absolutely, I need to get some, Miles, Jordan, we need to get some sort of graph, some direct line of communication. We need, Miles, Jordan, we need a fucking, we need, we, we need a, a letter. We need a newsletter, an I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast newsletter. We can't take every phone call. I can't give my, as much as I would like to give my number out to all the fans and have direct communication, I have a feeling it would backfire on me and you. It wouldn't just backfire on me. It would backfire on you, the fans, okay? Because at some point, you'd probably be like, why is Rappaport texting me at 4.30 in the morning to ask me a question? I know myself. If I have direct communication with the hundreds of thousands of fans, it'll backfire. It'll go wrong somehow, some way. And, and I will be responsible for it backfiring just as much as you guys will be responsible. Miles, Jordan, we need a fucking newsletter, Okay? Because I, I need to know who's listening, how they're listening, what they like, what they don't like, what they're into, what they're not into. What you want to hear more of, what you want to hear less of, what you liked, what you didn't like, what you, everything. Instagram DMs, they're not enough. That's like a job into itself. Hundreds of them. Hundreds of them a day. Most of them are good. Ever since we started the shame game, me and the young shooter, Dean Collins, uh, the, 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 the people, don't, they don't criticize me in the DMs. Now, that doesn't mean I'm looking for any criticism, you sick fucks. You sick fuck. You think, oh, I'm not asking for it. I'm not asking to be criticized. Don't come in the DMs talking greasy because I'll put your fucking ass on the shame game. We have not had an episode of the shame game in a while. Don't inspire the next one. You don't want it. You don't want that shit, Duke. But the point is, is that I was on my flight back from Oakland. This is God is my witness. And listen, I knock on wood. Safe flight. Safe fucking flight. Knock on wood. I, I, I fly first class. Okay? I cough too much. I snort too much. I have too many problems to have to subject anybody to sitting next to me and coach. And I've, and, and, and I've afforded the luxury of being able to fly first class. That's, that's how I get down. Okay, I, you don't see me on the PJ. If you see me on the, you want to talk about milking something. A couple of times since we've done the, the I Am Rapport Stereo podcast, I believe I've been on the fucking PJ. And it might have even been before uh, the Instagram and all that. Now, the next time I'm on that fucking PJ, you want to talk about milking something? You'll see me milk something. Next time I'm on a fucking private jet, you, I'll, I'll show you milking. You want to see gaudy and obnoxious? Get me on a fucking private jet. Okay, but I fly first class. Okay? You don't see me with any fucking fancy cars or... Fa this is what I do. I fly first class. And like I said, nobody should have to sit next to me on a plane. I was in the movies the other day. I'm going to get to that. I went to go see Sorry to Bother You. No one should be subjected to sitting next to me in a movie theater whose packed house. These little fucking little snotty hipster fucks were sitting next to me. We're going to get to that, my review of that film uh, later on. Maybe after this. Who knows? We're free-flowing right here. We are free-flowing right here. But got on my flight. Had a beautiful trip. Stayed in Berkeley. Made me want to read the newspaper and have coffee breath. Very intellectual town. Berkeley. 
Stayed at a nice hotel, bunkered down with a lot of the big three guys. Had some wine with Charles Oakley. Chit-chatted with Dr. fucking J. I'm chit-chatting with him. His do- I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fucking tell you a story. Dr. J uh, and his, I believe it is his wife or his girlfriend. She's with him all the time. I had nothing but respect for Dr. J. His companion, his wife, I don't know, I don't know. I don't ask questions. I can't even barely look the man in the face. Talk about not being able to make eye contact with Prince. Hang around Dr. J and see how long you can make eye contact with him. I love that fucking guy. Okay, but Dr. J's dog tried to fucking bite me. He had a little fucking little dog, you know, like a kind of dog you could bring around. In the hotel, I went to pet the little fucker. No disrespect, Julius. That little fucker tried to bite my fucking finger off. And, and then it took me a day, but later on, I said to him, as I was leaving the hotel, I said, hey, Julius, uh, I didn't get your dog's name, but is it Larry Bird? <laughs> you get it? Because it's Dr. J, Larry Bird, they fight, maybe whatever. Remember they had to fight, whatever. It's Dr. J. I'm trying to make him laugh every every which way. It doesn't matter. I don't even know how we got on. Di- oh, Berkeley. The newspaper and, and the coffee breath. Yeah, so I had wine with Charles Oakley. We're staying at a beautiful hotel. It was nice. Fucking sitting there with Oak, drinking red wine, talking shit to Catino Mobley. Point is, day after the big three, Saturday morning, the other Saturday, Flying from Oakland back to Los Angeles, back into the the fucking heat wave. Oakland Airport, by the way, is a very small airport. And God is my witness, because anybody who's been in the Oakland Airport will tell you, there's two Starbucks, two Starbucks inside the Oakland Airport within 200 feet of each other. I couldn't believe it. Two fucking Starbucks in a tiny little it's nice. It's quaint. Quaint being a very Berkeley type of word. You don't hear me using the word quaint. It's not a shithole because it, it's, it's up to date, but it's quaint. It's a small airport. Two fucking Starbucks. I don't have a problem with it. I don't have a problem with it. Okay, if I uh, can't have my mushroom coffee and I'm in the airport, I'll get my Starbucks. Okay. I don't know how I got on the Starbucks. Oh, yeah, because there was two Starbucks in there. The point is, is that I get on the plane in first class. It's a small plane because it's a short flight. Small plane, short flight. Talked about this endlessly. Got to be careful on these short flights. That is when you see all the stuff that goes viral. That's when my incident happened. That's when you see people acting crazy. It's those Chicago to Dallas. It's those Philadelphia to Iowa flights. It's Sacramento to Vegas. Those are the flights where shit jumps off. I don't know why. It just is what it is. So it's a smaller first class section. I'm sitting in the front. That's where I sit in first class. That's where you put Air Marshal Mike. That's where you put Michael Rappaport Authority up there. I'm the last line of defense. If anybody, you have to come through me. And I'm going to be totally honest, I have not slept on a flight since that shit happened. I can't sleep on there now. Okay? I mean, this was a short flight. It's an hour and a half at the most. Oakland, L.A. Nonetheless, early morning, 
got my earphones in. I lost my sweatshirt. I had to steal a towel from the hotel. I got it wrapped around my neck. Lady comes over to me, flight attendant. Can't call them stewardesses these days. I don't know when the fuck that changed. Steward, stewardess, whatever. The flight attendant walks over to me. Motherfucking Air Marshal Mike. Because I'm sitting in the front near the emergency exit of a smaller plane. It's one, two, one, two, one, two in first class. I believe there's three rows. One, two. One seat, two. Two seats, one seat, two. I think it's three or four rows. I'm in the front. I'm in the front one. Fucking lady says to me with a straight face, hello, Mr. Rappaport. You know, because they have your name in first class. And I'm not trying to rub it in that I'm first class. I'm humble when I'm in first class. Okay? I'm not one of those people who sits in first class and who doesn't make eye contact with the fucks that have to go in the coach. I know what it's like to be in coach. I see the people walking past. I give them a head nod. I'm not up there acting like big shit drinking my, uh, you know, uh, my orange juice in the morning. I'm humble about it. But I am in first class. She says, Mr. Rappaport. She knows my name because, like I said, it's all written down. Michael Rappaport, seat 1A. You know, Joe Blow, seat 2B. Joe Blow X, seat 2C. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I have to ask if... Now, I'm thinking, she says, Mr. Rappaport, I have to ask. I think, oh, I'm going to have to tell her the story. You know, she's a fan. She heard about my prowess on a plane. You know, my Wesley Snipe shit. Passenger 58, the white Wesley Snipe. That's me. That's who you're listening to on the Iron Rappaport Stereo Podcast right now, the white Wesley Snipes. The fuck they call me? That's what they call me, the white Wesley Snipes. Passenger 58. She comes up to me, international hero, just says, Mr. Rappaport, I have to ask because of where you're sitting. You're sitting in the emergency seat. In case of emergency, are you prepared to assist? That's what she says. Whatever the thing they ask is, I believe it's, are you prepared to assist? I'm thinking there's going to be a punchline. Like, she's going to say, are you prepared to assist? Of course you're prepared to assist. We're glad to have you on the plane. We feel safe for already with you on the plane. She's waiting for a response. This lady got the fucking, she's got the fucking balls to ask me. The most braggadocious international hero that you'll ever, ever find. I am bragging about saving a plane. She's, I'm all over the fucking news. I've made every news outlet and I earned it. I did it the fucking hard way. I earned it. I saved a fucking plane. That's what I did. She's asking me, am I prepared to assist in case of emergency? I wanted to say, bitch, please. Are you prepared to assist in case of emergency? Because you know how I get down. Google me. I'm offended. I'm disrespected that you're asking me this shit. Two weeks since the incident. It's not like it was two years since the incident. I believe it was American Airlines Flight 1563. She get that shit tattooed on my motherfucking, on my biceps. American Airlines Flight 1563. She got the nerve to ask me, am I ready to, pre- to assist? That shit offended me. At least make a joke. At least say, we're happy to have you on the plane. At least say, I'm just kidding. I know you're ready to get to assist. I know how you gets down. Air Marshal Mike, 
Thanks for flying in the friendly skies with us. I feel better about having you on the plane. None of that shit. Nothing. Distracted, disrespected, an American hero. Excuse me. An international hero. It's World Cup time. The World Cup is down to the final four. Belgium versus France. That's going down on Tuesday. England versus Croatia on Wednesday. I'm betting on Belgium and England. Okay? I am betting on Belgium and England. Okay? At mybookie.ag. You want to bet me? You want to bet against me? I'm taking all comers. No, Bruno. At mybookie.ag. Sign up now and use the promo code CUP. That's C-U-P CUP. To get a 50% bonus on your first deposit. If you're not a soccer guy or a soccer girl, then the big three is going down every Friday night this summer. You can bet on all big three games. The action is fantastic. You can bet on the games this week in Detroit or what team is going to win it all with the promo code big three rap. I can't bet on those games, but you can. Okay, you can. That gives you a hundred percent bonus on your first big three deposit go to mybookie.ag let's get it shaken at mybookie.ag so yeah i told you i saw this movie sorry to bother you which has 95 percent on rotten tomatoes and i fuck with rotten tomatoes you know the tomato meter which it compiles all of the reviewers reviews and gives it a percentage like uh, the Tribe Called Quest movie, Beat Rhymes in Life, The Travels of a Tribe Called Quest, which just, uh, um, I think it was, fuck, man, 2011? I don't know, but somebody showed me that it was like the other day was the day it came out, six years ago or eight years ago. I don't even fact check my own shit. That just goes to prove that I don't fact check. Anyway, I, when I'm trying to get a sense of if a movie's well-reviewed or well-liked or not well-reviewed or not well-liked, I will look at Rotten Tomatoes. Now, that won't dig, dictate whether or not I see the movie or not, but if I'm on the fence and it's like, yo, it's just getting shat on by fans and shat on by the reviewers, it can dictate it. Um, so I, it's a credible source of like, it's like an average, it's like a batting average or a points per game average. And it's 95%, you know, people like it. Anyway. The kid from Atlanta's in it, uh, Lakeith Stanfield, who plays, what the fuck is his name, Childish Gambino, call him Childish Gambino, like, uh, you know, Donald Glover. Uh, he plays his uh, 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 best friend, one of his best friends on that show, one of his friends. He's the star of it. It's got a lot of hype, a lot of excitement. This rapper dude named Boots Riley, who was in that group called The Coop, Bay Area dudes, you know, they were okay, but, you know, they used to be very provocative, smart political, you know, Bay Area group. He directed it, never directed a film before. Um, I went into it super duper hype, jam-packed theater. Hot-ass Saturday afternoon. I mean, get the fuck out. Get out of the heat, go into the theater. Pack, 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 packed. 95% on Rotten Tomatoes, 95% filled with all white people. Now, I'm only pointing that out because the movie talks about talking white, talking black, sounding white, acting black, 
acting right, all that stuff. And the first half hour, first 45 minutes of the movie, I thought, this is great. It's funny. It's unique. It's original. And then it took a left turn for me. Now, I recommend going to see this movie, but I didn't like it. Again, I recommend going to see this movie. See it for yourself. It's very smart, very highfalutin. The director is extremely talented. The kid, Lakeith Stanfield, very talented, smart. The actress, Tessa Thompson, who, by the way, for some reason just came out and uh, uh, as, as bisexual, I have no fucking clue why she came out as bisexual. I believe she's dating, fuck is her name? Singer, she's really good, fuck. Man, I can't remember her name. I can't remember the name of that Benicio Del Toro, Gabriel Byrne movie either. Gabriel, uh, fuck. But I'm going to skip that. I'm going to skip that. I can't remember it. Army Hammer's in it. Good actor. He's been in a lot of shit. Like I said, the studio is that the production, Annapurna. They put out a bunch of shit. Always Oscar stuff, smart stuff, you know, risky stuff, ballsy, not mainstream stuff. Like I said, this movie's gotten crazy hype. All that stuff. Went to the theater, went to go see it. Saw the trailer in the theater because I only saw it last time on my iPhone. In the theater for Creed 2, I was hyped. I was like, yo, we're seeing dope trailers. We're about to see a dope movie. Packed. Packed theater. And like I said, I was sitting right in the middle of the, uh, in the back row of a small theater. So it was right where I wanted to sit. I didn't know it was going to be that crowded. God bless my wife. And God bless the kids and the women that were sitting next to me. I say kids, they were like 20-something. Fucking coughing my lungs out. No one should have to sit next to me in a movie theater. <coughs> Nobody. Nobody should, should, be, should be subjected to the possible farting, possible, possible sharding that goes on with me when I sit down for two hours nonstop. Anyway, this movie is considered a science fiction fantasy comedy. Listen, it's every single fucking thing but the kitchen sink, like I said. I would love to have this dude, Boots Riley, on the podcast to explain it to me. It was way the fuck, way out there. It was like a Spike Jones movie. It kind of reminded me of Being John Malkovich, another film which I didn't like. It was also like the, uh, uh, um, that Jim Carrey movie. Motherfucker, I can't remember anything. Okay? I did not like this movie. At one point, I wanted to walk the fuck out. It's like a social political commentary about anti-government, anti-establishment, and all sorts of other things. And I was just like, I don't know what the fuck is going on. I thought it was a fucking mess after the, the, the first 45 minutes. In my opinion, I am in the minority. And I'm saying this with true, all due, blue respect. But even when I read reviews, because when I got home, my wife was like, well, maybe we're old. I go, fuck that. Fuck that. I don't care if you're 75 years old, 19 years old, or whatever. Good is good. Good is not good. Okay, and then these people were applauding. They were like, oh, that was unbelievable. That was fucking great. Now, the theater that I went to go see it with is 95% white people. They fucking were, they were fucking head over heels, like clapping afterwards, which I always think is stupid. You're clapping at a screen. It's not Broadway, you fuck. Why are you clapping at the fucking screen? 
Tessa Thompson, Lakeith Stanfield, they can't fucking hear you. You're going to tweet about it anyway. Don't clap at a movie theater screen, dumb fuck you. But I read all these reviews and the words that they use to review it are even confusing. They're over my head. Satiric, absurdist. These are some of the words I, I jotted them down. Satiric, absurdness. One reviewer said sci-fi wackiness. I go, I don't know how the fuck. I mean, I guess there's one thing in the movie uh, that has to do with horse cocks that you could call it sci-fi. But it ain't, it ain't like uh, E.T. There's no uh, aliens or any. I mean, God, listen, you got to see it yourself. I recommend it, but I did not like it. I never want to see it again. I think that's a fair review. I think that is a very fair review for me to say that I recommend it, but didn't like it, and I would never watch it again. Unrestrained capitalism's natural endpoint. I mean, what? This is this is a review. Like, I don't want to watch a movie that should come with an instruction manual. I don't want to watch a movie that when you're watching it, you should be allowed to have Google with you to Google all the shit that they're talking about. Because it got way the fuck out there. So that is my respectable review of the film. This is why we need an I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast newsletter. Miles Jordan, please call into the... the, the if, you, if, listen, if you have a premium app and you saw this movie, please call in and tell me what you think. On the next I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast, if you saw Sorry to Bother You, please either email me, DM me, let me know what you think. I want to hear... Good, bad, or indifferent about this film. But that is my review. If I was on Rotten Tomatoes, unfortunately, you'd be getting a fucking Rotten Tomato. That being said, I said what I said. I recommend seeing it and making two cents of it uh, on your own. It went way the fuck over my dumbass head. So fucking Ty Lu, coach of the Cleveland Cavaliers. I saw him. I saw this fucking guy with my guy Rick Camilla. Friend of the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast, NBA guy, does NBA TV. Uh, he's in Summer League. Ty Lu, first of all, why are you at Summer League, Duke? Why aren't you resting your head in Acapulco or Jamaica or Tahiti or on an island somewhere and like, you know, off, off the coast? You've been through enough. But he told Rick Camilla on an interview in Summer League in Vegas. Vegas is too hot for you, Ty Lu. Vegas is too hot for you. You had a, a health scare, which I'll never make light of. The best player to ever play basketball, LeBron James, left you cold and fucking lonely. And you're in Vegas at Summer League? Go to the Dominican Republic and get your fucking head right. You deserve it. You've earned it. You've been through fucking hell. I don't care that you won a championship. You deserve a fucking vacation. Send your assistants and executives to Vegas for Summer League. Rest your fucking head. Wrap that shit up in some beeswax and some honey and some, some, some cooling oils. Wrap your fucking head up and chill out all summer. Vegas? And to prove that he has no business in Vegas, Ty Lu. During his first interview, since losing the finals, this fucking guy says to my guy, Rick Camilla, 
And you could see Rick Campbell wanted to say, what the fuck are you talking about, Ty Lue? You sound fucking nuts. What are you talking about? He says to Ty Lue, and I quote, he said, I was shocked and a little hurt when LeBron James left Cleveland. He was shocked. You were shocked, Ty Lue? The entire world, whether you follow basketball or not, knew this motherfucker was leaving Cleveland. And you, a guy who's with him every single day, is still talking about being shocked. Miles, Jordan, play the clip of this guy saying this to Rick Kamla. Clean it up, too, because there's a lot of background noise. When I saw it, you know, I was shocked and, you know, hurt a little bit by the, by the decision. But like I said, you know, we talked and he said that, you know, I'm his favorite guy. Um, he loved being coached by me. There you have it. That's Ty Lue. Two days ago saying he was shocked. Sad. That LeBron James left. But he also was happy because LeBron said he was his favorite. Bitch, please. He was his favorite. My man, Ty Lue, I, honestly, I'm worried about you. And, and I'm, I'm reaching out to you uh, with love and compassion. I'm worried about you. Yo, you're not his girlfriend, my man. You're not his favorite. He left you. You're not his favorite. Okay? Why the fuck are you shocked that he left? You shouldn't be talking about, yo, I don't care if they ask you, but I'd be like, yo, he left. It was what it was. I won a championship, and now we're moving on. He, you, you, he told you you were his favorite. He liked being coached by you best. He's, of course he's going to tell that to you. You're a jump off. Tyloo, you're a jump off. You're a side piece. You're a side piece. He hit it and then quit it, just like he hit and quit Mike Brown, and he hit and quit David Blatt. He don't love them hoes. And them hoes ain't loyal. He don't give a fuck about you, Ty Lue. Shit. Play the clip again, Miles. God damn it. And clean it up. Miles Davis is a sound engineer. Focus on just what he's saying. When I saw it, you know, I was shocked and, you know, hurt a little bit by the, by the decision. But like I said, you know, we talked and he said that, you know, I'm his favorite guy. Um, he loved being coached by me. Damn, Ty Lue. Damn. If I'm Ty Lue... I would register to be considered a rookie coach next year. So if his team exceeds expectation, he could be up for coach of the year. If the Cleveland Cavaliers somehow, some way, can exceed Eastern Conference expectations, pick up a good trade, Kevin Love stays healthy and kicks ass all season, pick up a free agent, and Ty Lue proves that he's some sort of formidable coach, and let's say they even come in ninth or 10th place, He's coach of the fucking year. But based on what you're saying to my man, Rick the Stick Kamala, you sound fucking nuts, Ty Lue. You sound crazy. And then Luke Walton and Ty Lue, former teammates when they played for the Lakers, had coffee because Luke Walton wanted to know what it was like and get some tips on coaching LeBron James. Now, this is funny. And all that. But I think this is actually fake fucking NBA news from fake fucking NBA sources. These guys are in Vegas. Vegas sucks. I don't care if they're there for the summer league or not. Ty Lue's obviously out of his fucking tree right now. Gone. 
But these old friends, old teammates, and now coaches in the NBA, of course they're going to meet and talk and hang out. But how would anybody know what Ty Lue and Luke Walton were actually discussing? We read so much fake sports news. Talk about fake news. There's so much fake sports news. Sources have said this. The only motherfucker who actually has reliable sources, who I'll never diss about saying sources, is my man Chris Broussard. He's got sources. You see, he doesn't say it anymore unless he actually has sources. But all this, rumor has it, I'm in good standing to say that possibly this, possibly that. Stephen A. Smith the other day said, Dame Dollar, friend of the Iron Rappaport Stereo Podcast, might be traded to the Knicks or the Lakers. If he's not traded to the Knicks or the Lakers, it makes no difference. Stephen A. Smith, the great Stephen A. Smith, he doesn't lose any sleep or any fucking hair. And that hairline is going backwards, but it's not because of this. Stephen A. Smith, it's time to shave that fucking thing off. It starts at the top of your dome. And I say it with respect and love. Fuck with you hard. Say it with respect and love, Stephen A. Smith. Get a baldy. Okay, it can't look any worse than the shit you got right now. First of all, is that a wig, Stephen A. Smith? I feel like you got a Steve Harvey wig. Remember when Steve Harvey was on uh, An Evening at the Apollo? That was a fucking wig. He admitted it. Now I got the baldy too. Took the audience about six months to get used to. We'll get used to it. If that's a fucking wig and you're gluing it on every night, Stephen A. Smith, do the fans, do yourself a favor. You already get up early enough to do your show. This will save you about 45 minutes and money. Okay, you don't have to fucking travel with a wig, get the glue and the duct tape. That you're using to hold that puppy down. But the point is, this is fake shit. We don't know what Ty Lue and Luke Walton were meeting about. And if they met and they discussed LeBron James, that's probably amongst all the other things. And the fact that they have a long-standing relationship. Fake sports news. The Knicks have traded. Or he didn't sign. He was a free agent. I don't care. I met him. He was nice. Kyle O'Quinn. People say, why are you bringing that up? Fucking stay with me. Kyle O'Quinn, after leaving New York, said, I'm looking forward to a chance to play for something other than a good draft pick. You fuck you. You're from New York, and that's what you say. Your parting words, you fuck you. You're lucky you're not in the fucking G League, Kyle O'Quinn. You're lucky you're not playing. How do you know you're not going to be playing for a G League championship when you get cut from Indiana and sent down to the fucking G League? That's your, you're from Queens and you're dissing the New York Knicks and David Fisdale like that? You ain't really all that, Duke. There's a reason why you were able to get so much burn with the New York Knicks. Them days are over, Duke. The Indiana Pacers pushed LeBron and them to the seventh game. You ain't going to be part of the main rotation, Duke, and you're shitting on the New York Knicks? You better hope. You're not playing for a G League championship. I saw these uh, uh, different people commenting on what he said when he left Kyle O'Quinn. And then one, one guy, one, one parent NBA uh, insider said, oh, he's a great uh, locker room guy. I heard different. Me, Michael Rapport, I heard different. And I, I don't talk out of my ass when it comes to sports. I heard he wasn't a great locker room guy. That's what my sources told me. 
And my sources are legit. I heard he wasn't a great locker room guy. Say whatever the fuck you want. You could. I think the guy who said he was a great locker room guy is making it up. But I'm not making up what I said. Disrespectful, Kyle O'Quinn. Good fucking luck next year with the Indiana Pacers. Fucking ankle taper. 11th, 12th man on the fucking bench. You're going to miss playing for the New York Knicks. Kevin Knox, our first round pick, is the standout thus far. It is the summer league. It means absolutely nothing, but he's the fucking standout. He's the most impressive player, and I don't say that with biasness. I know what we've been through. As a Knicks fan, we've been through shit. Kevin Knox, in my opinion, and actually Colin uh, Coward said the same thing, is the most impressive NBA-ready guy right now out of all the draft picks. Act like you know. Mm. Mm. (sighs) Sipping a little water. Saturday night, our guy, the Black Beast, Derek Lewis, had a shitty fight against Naganu. That motherfucker needs to retire. Listen, Black Beast in the corner of the first round, he said his back was hurting. He's a counterpuncher, but you can't counterpunch a fucking ghost. The guy he was fighting was a fucking ghost, but he won a bullshit decision. He knows it was a bullshit decision. I hope he could get his back together and make a comeback. And have a better showing because I know he feels bad uh, that he got booed. Black Beast, friend of the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast, said he would sit in the back of the car when me and Dean Collins do the next episode of The Shame Game. Excuse me. Keep that burp in there, Miles. I'm rocking and rolling. Daniel Cormier, DC. Knocked the motherfucker out with a short right hand in his fight. And afterwards, he challenged Brock Lesnar to come into the ring. Brock Lesnar is the former football player. He's a failed football player, a failed MMA guy, a failed WWE wrestling guy, went back to being an MMA guy, got caught on that juice, that Barry Bonds, that Ben Johnson, that Lance Armstrong, got kicked out of the MMA, the UFC, went back to wrestling, he fought a guy on juice. This guy's like a looks like a fucking beast. He's like 280 pounds. He's a fake mountain man. Real mountain men don't do fucking steroids. Duke, Brock Lesnar, fake mountain man. He's like, oh, I train in the mountains and all that shit. I tweeted about that. Somebody said, why don't you out at Brock Lesnar? That motherfucker, you think he knows how to tweet? He can't fucking read? Talk about a gorilla. Brock Lesnar's a fucking simian. So Brock Lesnar came in the ring. It was so WWE. He looked like he was juiced up that night. You just got kicked out of the UFC for being on juice. And then you come back to hype up a fight with Daniel Cormier. And you look like you're on juice again. And you're behaving like you're on juice. Are you on the juice? Are you on that Ben Johnson, Brock Lesnar? Are you on the Brock Lesnar? Are you on that Ben Johnson right fucking now? That's what I want to know. Anyway, that's supposed to be the next... Heavyweight fight. Our guy, Black Beast, is super heavyweight or double heavyweight. I'm not fact-checking anything. Okay, I can't remember the name of movies, actors, going solo on that ass. Freestyling, free-flowing. 15 rounds of podcasting. I am the Pusha T of podcasting. Very, very upsetting situation happened to me this morning, actually. So I took my dog... 
Wheezy, looking right at you, Wheezy. I'm fucking eyeballing you, talking about you. My dog's looking. I'm looking right at you. For those listeners of the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast, my dog Wheezy's name is Wheezy, not for the Jeffersons. I got him out of a pound in Louisiana, hence the name Wheezy. Fell in love with him. Fell in love with me. He thinks I'm his fucking father. Man's best friend. Man's best friend until you see your best friend eating shit. When you see your dog eating shit, your quote-unquote best friend, because I will say to Wheezy, in times, just me and him, I'll say, you're my best friend. Just like that, you're my best friend, Wheezy. I do baby talk with him. I feel like he's my best friend. He knows my feelings. He can read my emotions if I'm happy, sad, crying, yelling. I'm talking about you right now. He's looking. I'm talking about you. But when your best friend looks you in the face while they're eating dog shit off the ground, I no longer look at you as my best friend, Wheezy. I look at you as a shit-eating dog. My best friends don't eat shit with a smirk on their face and look me in the eyes. My worst friends don't do that. My worst friends don't eat shit in front of me and rush to eat it while I'm going over there to say, Wheezy, what the fuck are you doing? If I catch my dog Wheezy, and I know this is for other dogs, if you catch your dog eating shit and you go, oh, what are you doing? Or no, don't do that. They don't stop. They eat as much shit as they possibly can before you get over to them. And that's what my dog did this morning. And it dawned on me, we're not, we're not best friends. We're not best friends because best friends don't eat shit while looking at their best friend in the face, Weezy. And you did that to me today and it really hurt my heart. Like I said, my worst friends, my biggest enemies don't do that. My ex-wife, I wish she ate dog shit and looked me in the face. Even she won't do that, and she's shitty. That's right. That's fucking right. She won't even eat dog shit in front of me. Shame on you, Wheezy. Listen, it's July, okay? It's July. We're heading into the second week of July. Fantasy football is right around the corner. You know that I am a senior fantasy football analyst. Okay, you know that I take this shit seriously. And I know that a lot of you out there take your fantasy football just as, if not more seriously, than I do. Okay, it's early, but you need to keep your motherfucking fantasy football sword sharp. Keep it fucking sharp, okay? Because in the next two weeks, the NFL players are going to camp. Then we start mock drafting. Then we start, what? You got it, duress mock drafting. Okay? Then we start doing high-level duress mock drafting, and then the next thing you know, you got your fucking draft. So it ain't too early to do what we're going to do right now. Right now, we are going to walk through the names. Just some names. Quick, quick. Just some names. Get that fucking sword sharp. Fantasy football is just around the fucking corner. 
okay? Don't complain to me and start hitting me up and DMing me. Oh, this, oh, that. I didn't, I didn't. No, fuck. Remember, I'm telling you right now, get that sword sharp. Right now, I am going to give you senior fantasy football analyst, the gringo man, Dingo, the Juru. I am going to give you top five positional players, quarterback, running back, receiver, tight ends, and one sleeper, one one to watch. Okay, that's it. I'm just going to give you that just to put the names in here, get you thinking, get your fucking mind working. Quarterbacks, top five, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Deshaun Watson, Carson Wentz, Drew Brees, one to watch. There ain't no preferential treatment at the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast, but he is a friend of the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast. The quarterback to watch, he was kicking ass last year. I expect him to kick ass this year. The one to watch, the quarterback, the lucky number six, Jared Goff. Running backs, Todd Gurley. It's also why you should watch Jared Goff. You got a great running back, opens it up for the quarterback. You know the deal. Running backs, Todd Gurley, Le'Veon Bell, Alvin Kamara, Saquon Barkley, Leonard Fournette. Those are the five. Do not forget David Johnson. He will be healthy. He didn't have a knee injury. He didn't have an ankle injury. He broke his fucking wrist. It sucks. But he didn't have a knee injury. He didn't have a leg injury. He didn't have a hamstring injury. He broke his hand. Do not forget David Johnson and Dalvin Cook. One to watch. Rookie Rashad Penny in Seattle. Moving forward. This is just to sharpen your fantasy football sword. Wide receiver Antonio Brown, Odell Beckham, Michael Thomas, DeAndre Hopkins, Big Mike Evans, A.J. Green, Julio Jones. Those are our two-guard wide receivers. Sleeper, one to watch. Stephon Diggs. He's got Kirk Cousins. You like that? You like that? You like that? You like that? Now in Minnesota. And Brandon Cooks, he is now... With Jared Goff. He's out of fucking New England. In LA. Tight ends. You know the names. You know the places. You know the faces. Gronkowski. Travis Kels. Zach Ertz. Kyle Rudolph. The one to watch. Friend of the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. I know you listen. You fuck you. It's got Garoppolo. Georgie Kittle in San Francisco. Listen. That's it. We're not going to get crazy. It's too early to get crazy. Sharpen your sword. Start doing your fantasy football push-ups, sit-ups, and burpees. It's just around the corner. All right. Listen, coming up next on the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast, I am shamelessly obsessed with The Bachelorette. I, I don't understand how this show is not offensive to men and women. I, I don't get it. I've been watching it. Okay, the reason why I don't talk about it a lot on the Iron Rapport Stereo podcast is because I sometimes feel like nobody cares. Nobody does care, but I care. And I know peep, this show's been on the air for 29 years. Okay, and the show comes on at 8 and then into 10. That's another reason why I don't talk about it on the podcast. But today we're breaking the fucking rules. Okay, right now we are doing a real time post game episode discussion of the bachelorette like a fucking like a super bowl game this is the post game former bachelorette contestant diggy moreland and me are going to break down what we just saw we just saw the bachelorette i want to know what the fuck really goes on over there is it a fuck fest is it a fuck fest 
Dude, people come on there with bad intentions. All that and more with Diggy Moreland. Okay, discussing the most recent episode of The Bachelorette coming up next. Yo, the Buttersoft I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast t-shirts are only available at districtlines.com forward slash I Am Rappaport. LeBron James is officially signed to LA, so all Wasteland t-shirts are now 50% off. Get yours before they're gone forever at districtlines.com forward slash I Am Rappaport. Scoop up the Stickman 33 in Georgetown Blue, the Stickman 40 in Sonic's Green and Yellow, the Oakley t-shirt, the Air Moody t-shirt, the Sucker Shit t-shirt in Black, White, and the beautiful Camouflage Sucker Shit t-shirt. The whole collection is available at districtlines.com forward slash I am Rappaport. That's districtlines.com forward slash I am Rappaport. All right. I am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. My man, Bachelor veteran Diggy Moreland we're doing a breakdown of what just went down on the bachelor the bachelorette let's get to it. first of all remind the people of, of of who you are and what uh season you were on before I ask questions I got a lot of questions this is it was it was, it was a crazy episode this is when the shit gets really good so remind everybody before we even get into that what season you were on and how far you made it all right, so so we got uh, two different shows. So the first one, The Bachelorette, uh, season thirteen. Rachel Lindsay was the people we, the, the the girl we were trying to all get that final rose from. So that was season thirteen, and then uh, made it to Bachelor in Paradise. That's a whole nother show, and I was uh, I was in Mexico for a whole month. Okay, and how far how far did you go with uh, Tracy? Because she she's cool. She was a very popular Bachelorette. Uh, Rachel, Rachel. Rachel, sorry. Yeah, yeah you good. Uh, made it uh, halfway with Rachel. So I was like top 10 guy. Uh, about top 12 guys with Rachel. All right. So tonight on The Bachelorette, the thing that everybody's going to be talking about is my man Colton, a.k.a. the white Blake Griffin. <laughs> <laughs> this dude, now, this is a handsome dude. She's fawning over how handsome he is. He's obviously a handsome dude. He dated... Uh, one of the other chicks earlier, and then he drops a mega bomb. Twenty-six-year-old handsome football player played some level of professional football player drops a mega bomb, saying he's a virgin to Becca. Is this is this real? Like the thing that bugs me out about this show, Diggy, is that I'm like, is this shit real? Like, what the fuck is going on behind the scenes? Like, what 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 is what is up with this show? Because uh, I, I trip out off this show. I'm like, is this a fuck fest? These dudes are crying. My man Leo has his hair in a man bun. Like, what is going on with the show in general? And is Colton, if you say something like, how much fact checking and background checking do the people do? So I know that's like a, a question that I threw a bunch of stuff at you at. But like, try to answer the best uh, uh, the best you can with that. All right. So uh, I'm gonna, uh, I think the first thing that people need to realize is yeah, there's tons and tons of people that apply to the other shows. And you got to realize this, when we go through it, they, at the end of the day, the producers have a job to put on something that's interesting enough for America to see. If America went and saw 30 perfect dudes and, you know, it, it ends up where everybody just, you know, one person falls in love and they ride off at the sunset, it'd be boring. So you need the, the guy that looks weird, like maybe like a Leo does with the long hair. And then you need this, this beautiful, 
Colton that's, you know, America's son's, you know, sweetheart. And then all of a sudden you find out, okay, this guy that everybody thinks is a 10 is a virgin. Mm-hmm. And now you have, now you got people debating, is he really a virgin? Is he not? Is he on some Tim Tebow shit? <laughs> like, just perfect, perfect type stuff. So they cast everybody for a reason. There's, there's normally not two of those original 30, du- 30 dudes that are like the same. And so it's real. I mean, but you, you got to realize when you're in a house, they start from the mansion and they go all these destinations. You're in a house and you have no phone, no, no laptop, no, no TV. And you're literally there just talking about your feelings. And just you think about Becca in this scenario nonstop. So that's why you got dudes crying and having all these discussions. Cause that's literally all you have to talk about is your relationship with the lead. In this case, it's Becca. So when you are filming the show, there's no phones, there's no, there's no, there's no contact with the outside world tech technology wise. Dude, no. I remember when I was in there and I was, this was last year for me, we went and started filming right before uh, the tournament started. And so mm. soon, as soon as you land in LA, when you start at the mansion, they take your phone, no Apple Watch, no iPad, none of that. And so I'm, I'm thinking like, man, the tournament's going on. I don't know what's going on right now. And it's just like, you don't know who's winning, who got eliminated, all that stuff. So you don't know anything that's going on outside of the house. So all they want you fully immersed in the experience. And that tends to what gives like the best TV. Now, obviously, um, you know, you guys will shoot for hours, you know, whether it's, you know, playing football or whether it's, you know, w- whatever the activities are, the dates or the hangouts or these cocktail parties, and, and then they cut it down. When you were doing the show, was there stuff that you would have thought if it had been presented on TV, it would have uh, skewed you different or stuff that you thought would have made it on that got cut out? Like how, how hard was it when you finally watched the final edit? It's, it's, it's very different because a lot of times, obviously, we're the only ones that know how, you know, how it actually happened and things like that. Like, I remember that first night, like, I'm very, I never really watched the show prior to going on it. But I didn't want to go on there and just like kind of get portrayed uh, in a certain way. And I know my biggest concern about going on the show was I didn't want something to happen. And then, you know, they edit it to make me look a different way or whatever. So my that very first cocktail party, I was like very like silent. Mm -hmm. And I didn't say a lot because I didn't want to give them material to, you know, portray me in a different way. And so once I kind of sat back in the cut kind of saw exactly how things were working or whatever. And then, then kind of started to make my move um, because I didn't want to give them the, the ammunition, but uh, it's very different. It's just like, and they, they tell you, if you don't say it, they can't edit it that way. So right. uh, it's, it's a very different, unique experience, but you're, you're mic'd up. The whole, if you're not in the shower or the bathroom, you got a mic on you and that you, you never know. And there's so many damn cameras in the house, like, especially just in the house, wherever we go, like, you could have one room, like a living room, that'll have, like, 20 different cameras in there. And then you have all these angles. A lot of times you'll be whispering something to somebody else, and you think, oh, I'm whispering. But you forget, dude, you're wearing a mic. Like, anybody can hear you, and that could be, you know. And all of a sudden, like, three cameras just show up right next to you. You're like, where the fuck did these cameras come uh. from? And then you realize some producer heard you. And they're like, yo, go make sure Diggy's over there in the corner whispering where well, we get some good shit. Make sure we go over there and listen to what they're saying. And all of a sudden, you know, like I said, there's three cameras show up or shit like that. So 
that's kind of how it works. Now, uh, another question I have: When you travel, because one thing you, you we, we don't see, or I haven't seen it, or if it's been if it's been on there, I've missed it. When you guys travel from L.A. to wherever Palm Springs or Palm Springs to Mexico, and you get on planes and all this. What is that like traveling? Are all the guys traveling together? Do you have any contact with uh, uh, the the bachelorette? Like, w- what is that like? Because if you're vying for her attention, you're trying to charm her and and woo and wow her. How much stuff um, is there where there are no cameras when you're around her, or do you only really see her when there's cameras are around? Okay, so I can answer this based on what I know because in my season uh, with with Rachel. I got eliminated the night before they traveled. So I didn't travel with them, but I do know um, we don't have like open access. Like, Oh, I'm going to go holler at the Rachel or Becca or whatever. It's more so like she's there during the cocktail parties and whatever. You don't have free reign just to walk up to her room or whatever. Um, If you're not at like on a date or at a cocktail party, then you don't have contact with the lead. So with Rachel or with Becca in this scenario, but you're always with the guys. So we don't travel like, obviously when they go to different, different, different destinations, there's not like 15 or 20 of us traveling. It would be like maybe four of us traveling on one plane, mm. maybe another, you know, or they'll have like different seats in the plane, whatever. Um, Cause as you, you may not know yet, but like the fans are like fans. And I remember they know, like, before they ABC even releases the cast, like, they do their homework, whatever. So if you see 20 guys hopping on a plane and then we're not all, like, 6'6 or whatever, they know, okay, they're not in the sports team or whatever, but they people that are actually fans of the show, like, yo, that's Diggy from Chicago. This must be the other guys that are on the, uh. on the show or whatever. So they, the fans are, like, super super fans what makes it really fun but they know any and everything about you which is kind of kind of cool and crazy at the same time now i know you only made it so far but you you know you 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 speak to some of these guys uh that are like deeper in the show you've spoken to some of the guys the thing that's crazy to me let let's say let's say becca for instance in this show like the episode that we watched tonight she's kissing on all these dudes (laughs) all these dudes and then like obviously you know like whoever it is knows you know like they're you know it's a lot of it's in secret because it's pre-taped and all that stuff you're sitting there in a new relationship and everybody's watching the show and they're like yo she's kissing this dude she's kissing that dude she's kissing i mean no early relationship should have to deal with that. Like if I'm sitting at home, like like my wife, I've never seen her kiss on any dude. If I have to watch videotape of not only of, I've never even seen a picture of her. Like you know, you're like posing with a picture of an old boyfriend of her kissing. But if you're watching like video, in color, makeup, hair, the lighting, sexy beat shit, and she's kissing on this dude, that dude, this dude, that, this can't be a way to start a relationship without some like turmoil. Do you know what I'm saying? I get you. I get it. But we all know, we all knew exactly what we signed up for. Yeah, but then and when you see it, though, it's like, yo, what the fuck? When you, oh, he slipped you tongue. Yeah, you slipped him back tongue. You didn't slip me tongue until, you know, I mean, this is crazy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, some some people have connections that are stronger than others. And I, I mean, and that's how it is. Like, it's weird because when you see the playback, we don't see it in advance. Like, these guys, 
the guys that are on the season right now, they are watching tonight's episode for the first time. They didn't see it before. So, like, tonight, Leo and, you know, and Wills and then Colton and whatever, like, the guys, when Colton came back from the date and the guys really said, they don't give a fuck what happened on your date, they, tonight, are seeing it for the first time. Like, okay, that's what happened on this date, shit like that. So, they, we really don't talk about it unless, you know, you're kind of cool with some of the guys. But once you get to, like, where they are tonight, I mean, there was only, what, like, four or five guys left? They at that Yeah, it point, started at uh, six, and then there's four guys at the end. They let my man Leo, the stuntman, with the man bun home, and then Wills, who seems like he's high as fuck half the time. Because half, <laughs> half the time, his eyes are like like he's stoned out of his mind, and the other half, he looks to- totally sober. So I don't know what his story is. Maybe he needs some glasses or some eye drops. But but if you look at me, if just to me, I'm like, yo, you look like, you're, like you smoke some of that Maui Waui. But anyway, go yeah. ahead. No, that's that's exactly how it is. But you, at that point, once you get to like six guys left, you've been there for a minute. You're really hyper focused on me and my relationship with Becca. You're not really worried about. You're like fuck, you know, fuck Colton, fuck Leo, all what they got. They literally are like, yo, I'm worried about me and you, and ain't nobody else gonna get in the way of that. So that's when you get that one on one time. You trying to slip her that tongue. You trying to make sure she's not she's not worried about that. So that's when you that's when it becomes really serious and you see these guys crying and you see these guys like getting all emotional and shit like that, pulling <laughs> the car over. Like, yo, because people ask, like, yo, were you really crying? Like, fuck yeah, I was crying. Like, shit was emotional. Like, I cried when I left, partly because, you know, those guys in the house were like some of my homies, and then partly because it's three in the morning and I'm drunk. And I'm about to go to fuck home and people here asking me about my feelings like, fuck, just give me a bed. That's all I really care about at this point. And the pressure. So it, it's like the emotions and the pressure and like the intensity of the situation that that adds to it. Right. Yeah, it's it's all of that. You get I mean, you, you've been drinking for four hours, five hours. You, you just got dumped. You got dumped on what you know is going to be on national TV. Yeah, the whole world uh, sees you get dumped. The whole world sees you get dumped. But like. For me, I was one of the people like like that people actually rock with. People liked, you know, me because, you know, I was innocent and I came out really sincere or am sincere and stuff like that. And so people were like, oh, why did Diggy go home? Kind of like how Wills went home tonight. Because I know Wills DMs right now are probably popping. With but girls. With girls. It's like literally, yo, like Wills, I'm down, whatever. So I know Wills is not in a bad state tonight. But <laughs> you get to that point, you just you, you kind of just like, yo. I've been. I went through the situation. It's like I said, four or five in the morning because those cocktail parties and those whatever go late, and you just drunk, you tired, you ready to go to sleep. And and what about this? Like I know you didn't make it that deep into the show, but you you speak to some of these guys, and you have experience. You know, like with guys that you know uh, on the uh, the 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 Bachelor in Paradise and the Bachelorette yeah. Bachelorette in Paradise. You know these fantasy suites. Like I call them the fuck suites. Like this is like straight. Like well, like what you if you go to the fantasy suite. Like as can we assume that they're freaking off in there? Is that what's going on? Like does that what it mean? If someone says, "Will you come with me in the fantasy suite?" Can we pretty much assume that they're freaking off? If you go in the fantasy suite, I think it's safe to assume that they're freaking off. Because if you look <laughs> at the glow that some of these chicks be having the next morning. You got to assume that there was only one thing that was happening down, and that was somebody was down for the rug burn. Damn. And that's exactly what was happening. I mean, ain't no way 
that, I guess, unless you're Colton, that you're going to put me in a nice, because these suites are dope as fuck. Right. So you, you, you put me in a nice suite with a chick that I've been feeling and chasing for like chasing for like the last two, three months. And I'm supposed to just, you going to cuddle? Like, nah, that ain't happening, dude. That ain't it. Yeah, it's, we definitely, uh, we definitely, it's going down. Yeah, I, I would imagine it because they, they have them like in the Baltic Sea or out there in Sweden or in Iceland. Like it's the it's the it's the nicest location. Like something's got to pop off there. So so this guy Colton, the white Blake yes. Griffin, the Virgin. So yeah, like listen, you're a fan. You're watching it. You 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 don't have any behind the scenes knowledge. I'm assuming that. So based mm-hmm. on the four that we have now, we have uh, uh, Garrett, the fake goofball. Uh, we have my man Slick Hair from from Buffalo. We have Blake the fucking bore. I call him call him Boring Blake and Colton. So we got four dudes. She sent my man Will's home, and and, and she sent uh, uh, the stunt man home. What do you right. predict is going to happen? Because you know the way she walked away from my man uh, Blake Griffin when he told her he was a virgin. If this had been a dude, the internet would have broken. Like if if a guy if it had been the, like the bachelor and a girl and in in the shoes were on the other foot and a guy walked away from a girl pouring her heart out saying she was she was a virgin, they would have been like, you know that's so rude. Why did she do that? I felt like if if he really is a a, a virgin, you know, for her to walk away like, you know, I mean, she came back, she apologized. Maybe it just threw her for a loop, but she needed to 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 uh, you know, get a breath. But based on what you, what is your prediction? And and is there Vegas odds on the Bachelorette? Like, can you bet on this shit? You might actually be able to bet on this. I wouldn't be surprised. There's a, there's a market for everything, so there's got to be somebody, some way to bet on this. But uh, if I got to bet, I mean, because the thing is, you got to realize, you've been watching from the beginning for this season. Colton has made it through, like, a lot. Like, initially, he he was dating or had a weekend with Tia, which was on, you know, the bachelor with, you know, with Becca. And so I think Becca and Tia were friends. So obviously, you know, she still kept Colton around. And then now you got this other obstacle as far as like, now he's a virgin. And does she really care about that? Does she really, you know, want a man that's, you know, I think he's like 25, 26, that's a virgin or whatever. Um, So I honestly think she can't shake Colton. For some reason, I don't know what it is, but she can't shake him. And she's like, today, I mean, you saw, she said she feels like all safe with him and super hot with him and all this stuff like that. So I honestly think Colton makes it through for a little bit. Uh, Blake, I mean, I don't know what we got there. Dude looks, you know, there's something about him that she really likes. I don't trust him. I don't trust him. I don't trust him. Slick hair. I mean, <laughs> I get this like old school, like Saved by the Bell type vibe from this dude, and I don't know what it is, but he just flying under the radar and hasn't like, like Davidson back when Steph Curry was playing. You're like, who the fuck is this? Dude, where the fuck is where the fuck is David? Like, but I mean, they're exciting to watch. So America is in love with Jason, and then you got the Garrett is the other dude. I think a lot of people rock with Garrett. So uh, I don't know. That's that's kind of what we got left. I feel like Colton might make it to the final three. I just don't know if Blake's going to be the one to go home or Garrett or not. But uh, that's kind of what I would say. All right. All right. That's good analyzation. I love the Steph Curry at Davidson uh, uh, 
reference. And uh, I appreciate this insight. Hopefully we could do this again uh, as the uh, season unfolds because I'm hyped about it. I love it. Last week with the uh, with the, the Zoolander dude, you know, getting on his oh, Eminem. St- <laughs> well, yo, what's wrong with this guy, man? Yo. Zoolander Chris, went, went crazy. Zoolander, hey. You, Zoo, the thing is, I like about Zoolander, Zoolander gives zero fucks. <laughs> he doesn't have a filter. He says what's on his mind. And the funny thing is, he went after what he wants. Right. Like, he's like, yo, I'm here for Becca. I'm not here for anybody else. And he's like, I got enough guy friends. I don't need any more guy friends. And he went up to my man Wills. was like, yo, let me get a minute. And Wills was like, nah, fuck that, whatever. But Zoolander spoke his mind. <laughs> Becca, Becca wasn't really rocking with it. And then when she cut him loose, she was like, nah, all right, all right we're done. I don't need a hug. And then he, he bounced. So Zoolander spoke his mind. I can't fault him for that. Do you do you think when Zoolander um, got kicked off the show, the way he got kicked off the show, like you said, Wills' DMs are probably filled up. Do you think there, there's, there's a, a pack of society that were like, yo, I want to get with Zoolander, even though he's a crazy stalker? <laughs> The one thing you do got to realize when you go on a show like this, there is somebody for everybody. <laughs> so you got you got people out there that are like, yo, Zoolander was out here. He's crazy. He's crazy. All, you know, he, he doesn't make any sense. And you probably got girls out there that are like, I like that. And that's exactly what they want. So, I mean, and it, you, at the end of the day, you still got the groupies that are like, I still want to fuck with somebody that was on national TV. Right. So at the very at the very least, you still got that. But you know, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if if Zoolander's, aka Chris, uh, DMs were popping for that night. I will say the night you get kicked off national television, DMs are definitely popping. Eh, shit. Well, you got to embrace it. All right. Diggy Moreland, I'm so glad we got to do this finally. I wish we got to do it face-to-face, but this is just the beginning. I uh, I, I appreciate it, and uh, uh, I appreciate your insight, your expertise, and, and hopefully we, we could do it again as the season unfolds of, of The Bachelorette. Man, keep it, uh, yeah, thrill. I'm glad you enjoy it. Um, I'll definitely be out in L.A. sometime, so we can definitely rock soon. All right, cool, man. I'll talk to you soon. All right, peace. All right. Show's nuts. The Bachelorette is nuts. I think uh, the Bachelorette herself is wacky, and all the people on the show are wacky. Shout out to my man, Diggy, for helping me get some insight to what really goes on with the Bachelorette. Um, what can I say? It's Smash Mouth Podcasting. Okay, 15. I told you I was taking you into the deep rounds. I'm telling you, please hit me up on the DMs. Email me. Email us. I am Podcast at gmail.com. If you have premium, call in questions the movie sorry to bother you what you thought of it anything the bachelorette who you like who you don't like do you like the white blake griffin is he gonna win is he really a virgin i don't fucking believe it duke i think you're full of shit you never skated come on man i am rapport stereo podcast miles jordan take us out of here something nice something mean something real proper i'm out